everyone. Welcome to Devil Details Podcast, detailing all things Blackbird. This is episode three with Hand to Mouth. I'm Kristen. And I'm Sarah. And you guys, we are so excited. I have to say our word. We're so excited about this episode. First of all, the show episode is great, but this podcast episode, our best one yet. Yes, you won't want to miss it. Uh, I can't tell you how awesome it is. Obviously, by the name of the episode, you know, we have C.O. Carter himself, Joe Williamson, on the show. We just finished talking to him. He was so much fun. He was really cool. So nice and down to earth. So nice. And had so much to to tell us about his time on the show and his character. And uh, it's really good. I could rave about him for hours and hours. Yeah, he was amazing. So we're going to get to that. But first, we're going to jump in to our deep dive on the episode recap. And it it was an intense episode. Huge, huge episode. And we have been hearing about this episode for a long time. Yes. First of all, when we first talked to Joe about doing this podcast, it was weeks before any um, promo interviews, any press junkins had come yeah, it was, out. It was probably almost a month ago. Yeah. And he told us, Yes, I'll be on your show, but wait until episode three, and you'll understand why when you watch it. So we were already (laughs) preparing for this episode. And then interviews with Dennis Lehane and Taryn Edgerton came out where they're saying, oh, my gosh, there's this, you know, big stuff is happening in in episode three. And it really gets you wanting more. And it it did. It definitely did. It did what they said it was going to do, for sure. So, yeah, do you... Let's see. Do you have an episode description? I do. So the episode's called Hand to Mouth, and the description is, Struggling with his transition to maximum security prison, Jimmy initiates a friendship with Larry. New holes in Larry's stories are uncovered. Very generic, but... It's generic. There's obviously way more happens than what's in that description, so we're going to get into it. So, beginning of the episode... Larry is in the dining hall and mm-hmm. Jimmy is looking at him. They still haven't interacted at this point. They're, they're just eating and Taryn's looking at him and that's it for the beginning. Yeah. And then we're, we see him in the chief psychiatrist's office, who's going to be his doctor and sort of his point of contact. And he knows the whole reasoning that he, Jimmy is there. Yeah. So he they, they, they talk about week one in prison, which... In real life, Jimmy meets Larry day one. Like he gets in prison, goes to lunch. There's Larry. Yep. Talks to Strikes him immediately. Strikes up a conversation after being told not to. Right. <laughs> he totally jumps the gun. And so this, he takes it a little bit more slowly. And I think that's pretty key to the story that the show is trying yeah. to go for because they they actually want him to do it a lot faster. So right. in, in the real story, they di- they wanted him to take it really Very slow. slow. Yeah. Don't give anything away but in this story they're kind of pushing for it to be a lot faster yes so the fact that he's taking his time is kind of putting pressure on everyone and i think that kind of builds tension and and builds the story during this talk between jimmy and the psychiatrist dr zickerman played by christopher b duncan they're talking about how his first week in prison was and they're sort of flashing through scenes of like prison life and really right. demonstrating sort of how scary and unpredictable this prison is. It's totally different from any other prison. Right. Definitely different than where Jimmy just came from in Milan. And uh, like you see someone got stabbed and you see someone throw up all over their food. Yeah. 
it, and, and it shows like a flashback to the prisoner who was in Jimmy's cell before him. Who's, yeah, because it shows blood on the wall in Jimmy's cell. Yeah, or the floor or something. Yeah, somewhere in the room. Yeah, and it it flashes to someone just mutilating themselves and yeah. causing this permanent blood stain. And so the doctor tells Jimmy that he's prescribing him antidepressants because everyone in his unit where Larry is, that right. he purposely put him close to Larry, and everyone there is on some sort of drug. So Jimmy right. has to be on drugs. Yeah. I thought maybe they could give him like a placebo pill, but I guess then the pharmacist would know. So True. And also... A good point is made when Jimmy says, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need drugs. And then the, <laughs> the doctor says, hence prison. Right. So like For selling drugs. Right. Like you're, you're in prison. So like it, there's not nothing wrong with you. Right. <laughs> and I think an antidepressant was actually probably the smartest thing because of the situation he's in. It's very isolated. He's very, it's very dark. And so I think it could cause, you know, those depressive episodes. For sure. Yeah. So that's probably a, a good thing for him to be on. Yeah. And so that kind of builds this relationship between Jimmy and his doctor. And he seems like a very trustworthy person that he can go to. And the doctor gives him his personal phone number. Like mm -hmm. in any emergency, if you tell someone you have this number, that basically means yeah, you need to talk to him. And I like that uh, Jimmy was repeating it over and over and over in his head because I was doing that too. And I was like, just in case I need it for something in the show. <laughs> right. Do I need this phone number? Right. I'm going to memorize <laughs> it really quick. Do you have it? Can you can you say it right now? I don't right now. My brain is not working. Let me see. I didn't write it down. It's like six. Hold on. Six, I can do two, it. Six, two, one. Six, six, one, two. Because he was whispering. Six, one, two. I think five, it was like five. six, one, two, five, seven, one, one. one yeah. There's six, a five and definitely six, in the five. Two, it might be six two one five seven one one. It's something like that. Yeah. That <laughs> I should have written it down. That's yeah. <laughs> but I was saying it over in my head. It was like the address on uh, Finding Nemo. <laughs> P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. <laughs> six one two five seven one one. <laughs> oh, the things your brain remembers. <laughs> and so then we are we go back to Macaulay and Miller, who are working this mm -hmm. case against Larry Hall together and working to um, to solve more murders that they think he did. And I, I like how in their setup, they have like, you know, the traditional, very stereotypical crime solver room with all of the notes all over. Right. Like the cork board thing. You know, the lines drawn to this person and then the, this finding and then the arrow to go over to this person with this date. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Classic. Very stereotypical. For sure. And um, Miller kind of tells Macaulay that Larry so, sort of has two personalities almost because mm -hmm. he one day, the day that he met him first, he was very meek and sad and, and quiet. And then suddenly after spending a day with the Indiana cops driving around again, mm -hmm. the next day when he drove him, he was on top of the world. And it was because these cops took an interest to him and right. literally told him he's a person of interest in this case. And right. so that kind of gives Larry this big head. Right. Because at this point, he thinks they think he's just a serial confessor. Yeah. Other people think that that's what he does. And that's, yeah. And sort of what Larry is going for, ultimately, I think. I, I really love a lot of Greg Kinnear's lines in this show. Yeah. I think Lahane really like wrote this part for Greg and yeah. just wanted Greg Kinnear to say these lines. Because there's this line. His dick could have drilled hole in granite. Talking yes. about like how... <laughs> just how on top of the world happy Larry yes. was. Such a good line. 
And he delivers them so well, too. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. First with the fuck your sandbox thing. <laughs> and then now with this. And I'm sure lots more. Just Greg Kinnear is amazing. He's a superstar. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yes. <laughs> a true movie star. Yeah. So, And at this point in the episode, uh, Lauren McCauley seems really unconcerned about what happens to Jimmy in jail. Like she. Right. Miller kind of asks, like, what if something happens to him? Like, that's your guy on the inside. And she's like, he's in jail. Like, he, yeah, he knows what he signed person. up for. Yeah. Yeah. He sold drugs. He should have thought about that before he sold drugs and got himself put in jail. She's right. not concerned about him at all. No. Um, which is kind of, it's pretty different to how she feels later in the episode, yes. which we'll get to. So now we see we're back in jail. See, a lot of this back and forth stuff is still uh -huh. happening. <laughs> a little bit less now that Jimmy and Larry are in the same place, I think. Yes. Um, but that's going to keep happening throughout the show, which is a great storytelling device. Yeah. And they do it so well. Like I said last time, they it's very smooth transitions in between yeah. the two. Yeah. You're not like jolted out of one scene into another by any means. No. But now is when we finally see Jimmy and Larry actually connect and... <laughs> sort of have a conversation not really larry doesn't really respond at first no he kind of blows him off <laughs> yeah because he walks up to the table where larry is eating lunch with some other people and larry's talking to this guy who is he's visibly upset about yes. their conversation about his car they're talking about right. his car on the outside and how larry is telling him he needs someone like his mom or somebody to take care of his car while he's yeah, in jail. Yeah, to like jail. drain the oil or the gas so that it doesn't corrode. And uh, and this guy is getting really upset and Jimmy is just kind of watching this happen. <laughs> in this part, Larry, <laughs> like after the guy kind of storms away, gets upset and um, Larry's like, you know, someone needs to take drain the gas. It's going to corrode the fuel tank. Larry takes a bite of his bread. <laughs> yeah, in the middle. And then like yeah. sticks his thumb through it and is just holding this piece of bread. <laughs> Just a very interesting yeah. character choice. I liked, too, that the, one of the other inmates that was sitting at the table kind of looked over at Jimmy and smiled. And Jimmy took that as like, oh, I, I'm starting to feel accepted. Yeah. Like, oh, at least one person is liking me at this point or acknowledges me. Because I think before that, nobody really was acknowledging him. Right. And this kind of starts the theme of the at least the first part of this episode where Jimmy is trying to make this connection with Larry and Larry's very resistant. He he doesn't understand why this person wants to connect with him or be his friend at all. And he's just kind of blowing it off, doesn't say two words to the guy for a while. Right. And then so the next part of the episode is when Big Jim visits, finally yes. reunites with his son for the first time. Uh, what a scene this is. Yeah. Jimmy is brought to the visiting room and they're alone. It's just Jimmy and Big Jim. They're, it's not a normal visiting hour. Mm -hmm. He got special permission. Yeah, just these two um, with a guard um, mm -hmm. named C.O. Carter. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to be kind of giggly about the fact that we literally <laughs> talked to C.O. Carter. We just hung up with him and he was so cool. Yeah, so we're very, we're on, we're on top of the world right now. Talk, we talked to Joe Williamson. Yes. C.O. Carter himself. So every time his name comes up this episode, it might be a little, <laughs> we might be a little giddy might about it. a little it. fangirling. <laughs> this scene was so good. It was really good. Yeah. And and we talked with Joe about this scene too. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear about it a little bit more later. But Ray Liotta as Big Jim is, he's very feeble and stuttering mm -hmm. a lot. You know, he's recovering from this stroke and he's also incredibly guilty about yes. Jimmy's whole situation right now. Very remorse, like heavy. Yeah. Like he wishes he could have done something differently. Right. Or helped differently. 
there's a lot of guilt there, especially when Jimmy says, uh, you just outed me as a cop yeah. son. This is the CEO definitely know what, knows what's going on and probably more pr- people in the prison know, too, because he's flashing his badge around trying to get in to talk to his son. So that is a key moment. Yes. And then when Big Jim realizes what he did, he was like super apologetic and remorseful. It was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And and Jimmy ends up having to like cheer up his dad and encourage yeah. him and be like, no, it's OK. You you know, you're great. You're a great dad. And he goes into this whole spiel about how like when I was a kid, you were this big, strong guy mm-hmm. and and you're amazing. And I looked up to you and I was so proud to be your son. And <laughs> I love when Taryn says, You were so big, strong. And he kind of like winks a little bit at his dad. like Yeah. And I think a lot of it of like Taryn's love for and respect for Ray came out in that scene. I agree. Like you yeah. just feel like the chemistry is amazing, but you could feel that admiration that Taryn, I'm sure, yeah. has for Ray. I'm sure that's hard to hide when you're working with someone of of that caliber. Like it just came across so beautifully. Mm-hmm. That's such a good scene. It's amazing. They, uh, It was so good. Yeah. But Jimmy's got to go. <laughs> yeah. um, they had a very limited amount of time, probably because this is not, this is not a normal yeah. visiting hour time. <laughs> this is so out of the ordinary. Um, so CEO Carter, our friend, Joe Williamson, yes, Joe. Um, <laughs> he is taking Jimmy back to the main part of the prison and mm-hmm. and on their way back jimmy asked him to keep it quiet and at this point the ceo was very cordial yeah he's still very friendly the same as what he was in the in the second episode and he tells jimmy yeah like who's gonna listen to me i'll see i'll keep the secret that's fine right everybody in here is a cop son or something like yeah you know, so many people in here are cop sons yeah and so he's still not acting very suspicious here uh, but now we know how he found out about this whole thing, which we've been yeah. tracking for a while uh-huh. now. <laughs> yes. Because we knew that he was going to find out somehow. So this is him knowing. And yes. now he's going to take. How he figured it out. Starting to put things take together. That and use that. But he's at this point, he's friendly. He's fine. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how his dad, you know, did the same job and said how it, it's only hard time if people mm-hmm. make it a hard time, if people give you a hard time. So it doesn't have to be that way. It's fine. Everything's cool. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Your secret's safe with me. Yeah. And he even gives Jimmy um, kind of a tip to make his life in jail presumably easier and tells him about this guy who's been asking about him. Right. Like Italian mobster type. Yeah. Um, Who's kind of a, who was a big deal on the outside. Vincent Gigante. What do you call him? Not a, what do you call him? A long term, long term. Yeah, they kept saying old timer, old timer, this, this old timer. But he's like this big mob boss. Yeah, that's the old timer. Yeah. <laughs> so Co Carter tells him this guy's looking for you and uh, gives him a hint that should make his life easier in prison, like giving right. him this friend who's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it'd be in his best interest to kind of get to know him. Yeah, which kind of starts it this give and take between Carter and Jimmy because Carter's done him this favor. So now he's yeah. going to come looking for a favor of his own, uh-huh. which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but first, we are back to Macaulay and Miller, who they discover that cops found tons of evidence in Larry's van related uh, to Trisha Reitler. And in his dirty van. His dirty van. Not yeah. His clean one. Uh, like tons of evidence, tons uh-huh. of evidence that seems so obvious. And Miller's like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, what is what is this? And this is also this whole bit w- that starts with Lauren McCauley's character and these men asking her about birth control because this yeah. is a big topic. 
they, they found a quote bottle oh. of birth control and it just starts this thing where the guy's like do you keep your birth control in a pack right or well first miller says it miller's yeah. like do you keep it in a pack and she's like yeah what do you keep yours in like she snaps right. back at him which is great it's very um mansplaining yeah and he says i, I practice the rhythm method which i feel like is such a man thing to say yes. like okay very typical guy <laughs> i wear a condom right <laughs> But I kind of, I think this was the moment where she kind of is second guessing Larry's involvement in these because of all these kind of inconsistencies. Like, I feel like she was questioning things more. Yeah, we start to see that throughout the episode. Uh, I don't think it happens quite yet, but yeah. definitely once they figure out that Larry planted all this evidence. Right. Is when she's like, oh, so yes, he. It's a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't actually do this because that, that was a, a different murder yes that was uh right. reina ricin that was the one that yes. they were looking into um which makes her kind of start doubting the whole situation with uh-huh. with jimmy doing this and the fact that like did larry even do any of this is he capable of this like, she right. kind of is starting to question it but yeah that comes a little later yeah because first jimmy meets the chin vincent Giconte, um who's played by tony amandola i think yes. that's how you say it Yes, he. Uh, if you are Once Upon a Time fans, he plays Marco, Pinocchio's dad. Yeah, in Once Upon a Time. Geppetto is that what Gepetto. it is? Geppetto. His name is Marco in the show, but he's like the Geppetto character. So fun little tidbit. Yes. <laughs> when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, I know who he is. <laughs> I know that guy." Which is total opposite of the character he plays on Once Upon a Time. So sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's not a bad guy on Once Upon a Time at all. Of course. That's Pinocchio's dad. <laughs> but yeah, so Gigante and Jimmy make a connection right away. Mm-hmm. They they have this like funny little banter. And mm-hmm. um, I love it when he says like, are you getting fresh with me? And Jimmy immediately says, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Just owns up to it. <laughs> and I love that they were talking about bocce ball. That was a whole thing, which is totally pulled out of the story too, out uh-huh. of the real story. Yeah. This, the whole bocce ball. In the story though, it's funny. Um. I was just skimming through this part in the book, actually. <clears throat> Jimmy actually had no idea what bocce ball was <laughs> before he got into prison. And so um, this guy actually had to teach him yeah. what it was. And he was like, well, how do you not know what bocce is? <laughs> um, so <laughs> that was kind of a funny tidbit. But in, in this, it was like the, it was another connection they had. Like, of course, he yes. played bocce with his grandparents or whatever uh-huh. he said. His Irish grandfather or his non-Irish grandfather? His, yeah. So his <laughs> he asked which grandparent and he said the <laughs> Irish one, yeah. which I think was a joke. Like, yeah. of, of course, it was with his Italian right. grandparents. It was just kind of funny. Um, which is, yeah, just that's what <laughs> that's the little fresh moment. Uh-huh. And uh, but yeah, they, they make this connection. And oh, he also like confides in Jimmy this like something's wrong with his shoulder. And he says mm-hmm. bursitis. Yes. You know what it is? And that... He knows that if someone says that word, right. that that would mean that Jimmy opened his mouth about something right. that he shouldn't have. So that's like the code word. Yeah. We're building this trust. And if you if you turn your back on me, if I hear this from somebody else, I'll know that you're talking. Right. They're not to trust you. Yeah. Oh, oh I also wanted to say, speaking of uh, our, our watches, I know we're on C.O. <laughs> Carter watch for sure, yes. but um, our Taryn Edgerton hair watch. Yes. In this scene. <laughs> It's like kind of a normal like brown color. Yeah. They're outside, which that doesn't seem to matter whether they're inside or outside the differences right. in the hair, but it but Terrence's hair looks 
Yeah, something and about then, it. Like natural light tends to make it, which it does in real life. But yes, I noticed. I have a note for a little bit later for his hair too. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. So the first Terran hair watch of the episode <laughs> um, is in this scene in the prison yard. And so they start playing bocce. But then Jimmy um, runs into Larry again. They're both at their cells and Jimmy tries to strike up a conversation and Larry just sort of walks away. Yeah. He doesn't. He's totally not interested. Not at all. He doesn't want anything to do with Jimmy. And Jimmy's like, what is, what's going on? Is that, you have a problem? And Larry doesn't have an answer for him. No. <laughs> he follows Larry into the TV room. Yes. It's another big scene in this episode. Very big scene. Big scene. Um, there's a bunch of guys in here and they're watching America's Most Wanted. Which I thought was kind of interesting. It's very interesting and true. It's yeah. that Larry and his friends uh-huh. watched America's Most Wanted for real. That was what they enjoyed doing. And it's an episode about a murderer and yep. they're just sitting back chilling, watching America's Most Wanted. Yep. I, th- I think, and this scene too, it's it again, Jimmy's trying to connect to Larry and uh-huh. it's just not happening. But I think at this point, in the show is kind of when that changes because yeah, there's like a switch. Well, yeah, this, so this something like, literally happens, but <laughs> yeah, something makes the change. So this big, this like tattooed mustachioed guy yes. walks in and changes the channel and uh, Jimmy stands up and changes the channel back to America's most wanted. I think in that moment too, when he's, he kind of looks to Larry in that moment and you can kind of see it in his face. Like this is my moment to, stand up for him be a cheerleader for him yeah. so that he knows that i'm on his side yeah really start to earn you his can trust. see it kind of like this is it this is my shot a lot of a lot of connection building here so yeah this guy you know they he challenges this guy and he's like i was watching that you better change it back he's acting all tough and jimmy just decks him just uh-huh. punches him in the face the guy hits the ground and Jimmy, Jimmy just, just goes he starts wailing on him like it's intense it's the guy's uh-huh. face is bloodied his head is hitting the concrete every time Jimmy hits him Jimmy's screaming and cursing at the top of his lungs and Larry looks scared in that moment too like he backs up against the wall like what is happening he kind of doesn't know how to react to the situation he's like oh like uh, he, he wasn't expecting it to be this intense yeah, yeah to be so escalated all of a sudden this whole situation Oh, this is also the point um, before we get too far away from this scene where um, Carter Bellamy has a little cameo who's Taron Edgerton's, um, um, his dialect coach. He's sitting in the room in one of the, like in the half circle. Yeah, they're in this uh, semicircle facing the TV and Carter Bellamy is sitting to Jimmy's left, um, just right next to him. So, And while we're in the scene, this is the hair that I noticed. So obviously when he's flinging himself around you can see his hair flopping so i'm thinking extensions of some sort because it's definitely long and taryn's hair was not that long no and it still looks like it's attached to his scalp like the root yeah it's flopping about and maybe it is a really good wig (laughs) it's definitely dark in that scene like it's a dark brown almost black color yeah so i'm thinking I don't know. I go back and forth over extension and wig. For real. And we yeah. The mystery continues, honestly. We don't we don't know for sure what's going. It's probably a combination. But it's definitely long. Like it's yeah. either it's yeah. either a wig 
or extensions, but com- combined with just his regular hair being colored somehow yeah. temporarily every single day. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely his natural hairline. Right. But I'm wondering if they just followed it. Like they just followed his hairline. I, yeah, I guess they could. I mean, there's, I guess they could just like individually place the wig on his hairline. I don't know. That's probably not the point of the scene, but. <laughs> it's the point of our podcast. <laughs> Taryn Henderson's hair. Yeah. And C.O. Carter. That's yes. the podcast. The name of this show should have been. <laughs> That's the details. <laughs> yeah. The devil That's what you're here for, guys. His hair and C.O. Carter. I bet you didn't realize what devil details we were going to be so hooked on. But <laughs> so, in you know, in, in real life, Jimmy, he's definitely a tough guy. And in prison, he, he did try to establish himself. Mm-hmm. And even before he ended up in Springfield, he wouldn't let somebody mess with him as far as like other prisoners go. Right. He He would get back in someone's face if they were trying to mess with him. So it's not super out of character for Jimmy to to step up like this but I think the physical like punching and fighting and getting really worked up that was kind of something that was a little out of character for Jimmy and he kind of let himself get carried away and he gets thrown into solitary confinement at this point and the emotion on his face is so hard to read when he gets yeah I was just gonna say that he doesn't seem like remorseful or Uh like scared or sad he's just kind of like coming down from an adrenaline rush I think a little bit and it was almost like it was an out-of-body experience for yeah. him because he kind of looks at his hands like, oh, there's blood there. Like, Yeah, like he lit- he bloodied his knuckles up punching yeah. this guy. Like that's a combination of his own blood and the guy's right. blood, I think, yeah. on his knuckles there. It also, I think he has some sort of feeling of accomplishment. Like, uh-huh. oh, th- this was a, a step in the right direction right. for what I need to be doing. Um, so I think that was a really, that was a big deal. That whole scene yeah. was crazy. It was a big scene. Yeah, a turning moment in yes. uh, Larry and Jimmy's relationship for sure. For sure, because when yeah. Jimmy gets out of solitary confinement, he goes back to his cell. He's just in there for a night, and Larry's uh-huh. there waiting in his own cell, which is just you know right next to his. And and they actually strike up a conversation for the first uh-huh. time. Jimmy asks about the guy who was freaking out about his car earlier when they uh, met at the in the cafeteria, and uh, they they start talking about cars. Larry yeah. asks Jimmy what car he drives, which is a, a 67 Camaro SS matte black, which is so matte cars are so ugly. I wish yeah. people didn't have matte colored cars. Yeah, they're not cute. But it's funny to watch Larry like get excited over that kind of car. Yeah. Like you can see it's like, oh. Yeah, Larry's kind of into into cars. But I also the the 67 Camaro is definitely not what Jimmy was driving in the first episode. It was like a red because yeah, he was in a red car. Yeah, it, so it, it's different. So, but also, Jimmy had tons of money yes. as a drug empire leader, yeah. so he probably has a lot of cars. Right. So he just probably was talking about the one that he thought would be would the be, most interest. Yeah, the coolest one. But then Larry's like, "I like vans. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't care about your sports car." But they kind of, yeah, they have this friendly moment and shake hands. Uh-huh. But the conversation is interrupted. Yes. When Mr. Carter shows up. By our friend. Um, and this scene, we'll get into it in a minute. Um, <laughs> but this yes. is where my life changed for this show. <laughs> this is when we figured out, yes, we were right. C.O. Yes. Carter, there's something shady about yep. this guy. Yeah, he wasn't just a good guy. Yeah, our C.O. Carter watch led us to this point. But this is about yes. the halfway point of the episode. So I think we're going to stop yep. here 
We're going to take a break. We're going to let you guys listen to our amazing superstar, Joe Williamson, who came and joined us on the podcast. It's so good, guys. So good. I... I'm I'm still reeling. Like my it it was amazing. Yeah. He was so cool. It feels very surreal. He was so cool. And uh Kristen and I are I mean you'll hear this in the interview, but Kristen and I love him. He's yes. so great. Um so yes. he's going to talk to us all about his experience with Blackbird and turning into this shady motherfucker that we know him as finally in this episode. <laughs> so we're going to talk to him for a minute and then we will be back with the rest of the episode. So enjoy. Enjoy. I yeah. listened to that. That was a great that, interview with Hillel. You did listen to it? I did, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for listening to it. Yeah, That's awesome. Of course. It was really cool to talk to him and hear his perspective of things. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I'd I'd really I'd like to hear him interviewed after he watches the show and see what he thinks. Right. Well, it's so funny because he said, I I asked him about the movie Driven, which was about John DeLorean. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I did not watch that. I don't like watching (laughs) stuff. I I know way too much about the subject. And he totally (laughs) was like, I didn't watch it. And then when I asked him if he'd watch this, he's like, oh, yeah, probably. (laughs) It sounded like he'll get around to it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe once it's all like done, he can go back and binge watch it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's the biggest. That's the biggest thing I'm hearing. So are we recording? We're recording. Yeah, we're in it. That's the biggest thing I'm uh, I'm hearing so far. Is, and it's a, it's great feedback is people are like, I'm so frustrated. I can't keep watching right now. I want to watch more. I want to yeah, binge. Totally. I'm such a binge watcher that I am that way. Like, I'm like, I want it all right now. I want to finish mm-hmm. it in a weekend. But I think with this show, it's good that it's every week because mm-hmm. It gives you time to process what happened on the episode and decompress because there's such heavy episodes yeah. that if you had two or three at a time, it would be too much, I think. Oh, yeah. If you watch the whole thing in one sitting, you need a shower and a walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> Something. It would be and it's, it's heavy material. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. True. So I'm kind of glad that we can take that week break in between each one. Yeah. Um. So, Joe, we have... A million things we want to ask you about okay. um but just so you know just in agreeing to be on this show you have created your two biggest fans yes. in me and Kristen. <laughs> so oh, thank you thank a million you. times thank you. you yes thank you for doing this you know there's so much content out there and there's so much good content so any attention that can be brought to a show when you have it released is it helps you know absolutely i yeah i hope i hope tons of people watch this it deserves all the attention and yeah like you said it's getting really good reviews so far Mm -hmm. which is a great sign yeah so it has 98 percent on rotten tomatoes which is amazing and across the board too because you know sometimes you see that situation where like critics love it and audiences hate it or vice versa and mm-hmm, this yeah. is like 98 and 97 so. yeah everyone everyone loves it yeah critics yeah. and audience alike yeah yeah the first thing that i'm very curious about probably the most important question that i'm going to ask you we can even end the interview right after this if you want <laughs> <laughs> but so your character co carter his uh-huh. name badge says j carter on it uh-huh. what is his first name is it joe uh-huh. that's my theory <laughs> no it was oh, no. Not. it's uh, God, I gotta remember. Uh, I what did I make his? I made his name John. John. So John. you got to choose his name. Well, it's never referenced, so I could have made it, you know, 
jambalaya, Carter. I mean, it, it, you know, been that would fit with want. filming in New Orleans, right? Yeah, yeah. I sure ate <laughs> enough of that. Um, so yeah, I, I just made it, John. Fair, cool. Yeah, you know, when you're building, when you're building like your backstory and your all your stuff, of, of you know, that was one of the things I was thinking about, and just this whole his whole life, and uh, it it was a really interesting role for me because I mean well I'm sure we'll get into all this later I don't want to jump ahead too much but it really allowed me to, to try to approach a character really egoless um because there's a lot not to like about this guy um there's right. a lot there's and not just what he does in that you see on screen but what I built what I created in my mind what his life is like these situations he gets himself in, he's constantly screwing up and his life is just a mishap after mishap. And he's, you know, he's divorced. He's got a daughter he barely sees. He's drunk, you know, drinks a 12 pack every night. Like this guy's not living his best life. (laughs) Um, So, which causes him to do some really bad things. Yeah. Yes. Which we have just recently discovered in watching the third episode. Yeah. Which we... I, I know you so you said you've listened to our show so you have you know that we've been suspicious of CEO Carter for a little bit just uh-huh. from the trailer mm-hmm. and in the second episode he's so friendly and like mm-hmm. you know he's calling Jimmy buddy and you know being friendly and then in, even in the beginning of episode three he's like you know giving him tips and, and stuff uh-huh. like that and then it, there's just like it's just like a turn yeah. yeah you know it was it was really interesting. It was a fine line I wanted to walk with um, with him because I didn't want him to be like, hey, welcome to prison. Like, you know, like, I, like I didn't want <laughs> yeah. to be too friendly. Right, um, right. But I Enjoy also, your stay. But I, yeah, and what I was, what I was thinking and what I was, and how I was trying to approach it. And we, you know, you work it out with the directors and stuff and Dennis and, I wanted him to, I don't think Carter, and sometimes when I'm talking about characters, I'll refer to him third person. Sometimes I say I, so it's just stupid. (laughs) Got it. I don't think Carter is the brightest guy in the world, but I think he's really sly. And Mm -hmm. I think he is, has street smarts for lack of a better word. So this prison is his little kingdom and these prisoners until he knows if there's going to be something that he can extract from one of them, there's some way that he's a user until he knows how, or if he's going to be able to use them, he doesn't show all his cards. So he's not going to be an asshole right off the bat because he doesn't know if that is the approach that is going to be necessary. Right. And so I tried to kind of walk the line of, you know, he, he, he seems friendly enough when you first meet him without being it, without it going over the top. And then I also did some of the research I did. I watched this show. Uh, I think it's on a competing streamer, so I won't say. Uh, <laughs> but it's about uh, people that are prison guards in a supermax facility in, I believe it was New Mexico. And I think there's a, sometimes this, um, this, stereotype or it's just like the first thing people go to is that they think every interaction in a place like that is you know one of hostility or violence or antagonistic 
And I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I think sometimes, you know, some people are trying to get through their day. They just have a kind of a unique job, you know, but there's different approaches. Sometimes that's what interactions are. And then sometimes it's like, hey, you you don't cause me trouble, then I'm not going to cause you trouble. And I also watched, uh, uh, rewatched a show, probably one of the my favorite shows of the last five years is a show called Escape at Danamora. Um, that was directed, the whole series was directed by Ben Stiller and it's Ben Benicio del Toro, Paul Dano. It's a, it's a fantastic show. And David Morse, who's a great actor, plays a prison guard in it. And he's just very congenial, has a good relationship with everyone. So that kind of informed me a little bit. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't, because when Jimmy first gets to the prison, I don't know that he's undercover. I don't know that he's there to snitch. So I didn't want to be, so I can't be playing that already that like, Hey, I'm going to, I've got this long game, but I don't know who he is. And until I know who he is, I'm going to kind of appear harmless. You know, I'm going to appear as someone you can trust just in case down the road, I need to get something from you. And that's in episode three. It definitely comes across. Cause I, I was watching it with my sister and she said, I don't know if I'm supposed to like him but he gives me shady vibes. Um, she's like, but I kind of like him right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's been a lot of fun and it's getting a lot of reaction and it's not when Dennis first told me about the role, it was funny. He, um, he said, I, I think I have this role that you'd be really great at. And I was like, this is awesome. This is amazing. <laughs> he goes, now I've never seen you play this type of role. <laughs> So the one side of you is thinking, oh, my gosh, this is so exciting. I get to show a different side and and play and and explore a different character. And then the other side, the actor imposter syndrome side is like, maybe there's a reason I've never (laughs) played this role before. Oh, my gosh, can I do this? Yeah. Yeah, because I I was going to ask, like, you for the most part, a lot of your characters that you've played before are like, like the wholesome husband role or like, you know, just like this nice guy role. And then now we have CO Carter who starts out nice in the beginning and then totally is almost out of character for Joe Williamson. But yeah, yeah. it's been a, it's, it was a lot of fun and it was, it's, you know, you, I got to stretch myself and I got to see if I can do more than what I generally am seen as doing in this town, you know, and you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully I can. I mean, so far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah. We're loving it. All of CO Carter's scenes, my jaw was like, because also <laughs> this, this whole storyline with CO Carter is not a real part of the story. Like no. it's, there's no corrupt CO stuff going on in no. the book or anything. So it's totally new. And so I, I'm so I'm so well versed in the actual story too. And so like just seeing that, it, like this is it was a big surprise, and it was it's probably the most exciting part of the show for me yeah. anyway. No, oh, because you cool. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Because yeah, it's not in the book. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a lot of fun, and it's just been I um we watched episode three last night over at Dennis's house actually. Oh, awesome! Cool, it's big viewing party. Yeah, it was just really, it's just, it's been really cool. It's been a lot of fun. Did you know Dennis previously through another work or? So, uh, yeah, I knew Dennis. Our kids are in school together. And so Dennis and I became 
we just started hanging seeing each other at school functions and then hanging out and becoming buddies and um but you know at when i met him i had already read all his novels i was like dennis lane this is amazing and yeah then, he's a yeah. big deal himself but, yeah but then it was just you know it was just a personal friendship and then yeah and then we uh he told me about this part and i was like oh man so gets a chance to work together it was great and he's a great boss he did a, a, a fantastic job of show running he's got he's he, he he knows what he's doing he's got the right approach you know he's he put together a great team and he's yeah. just brilliant yeah. writer. i mean i mean the cast was, is amazing ah the cast is so good <laughs> yeah we we before we started we did a big zoom table read and we did um three episodes one day it was over a weekend on a saturday and the three episodes on sunday and after reading and in hearing everyone do their part and just reading the scripts and hearing it out loud i think everyone was like wow we've got something on our hands here i mean it, these scripts they were amazing and they just you know you're turning the page you can't wait to see what happens and even if you know the story you know you still are just like seeing how it's going to be translate to the screen and then to see yeah. Taryn and Paul and Seppi and Greg and Ray of course I mean the, I, I've been blown away by everyone's performance so far I think uh, everyone is it, it's been amazing it's been so gripping to watch even the stuff that I, you know, was on set watching them film or stuff that I know, like I, I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, like watching them. Yeah. It's and the stuff between Taryn and Paul. Wait, to, I mean, they have so much amazing stuff coming up. I feel like there's all these two handers in this show. So there's Seppi and there's Greg, and they have this amazing chemistry and and work together. And then there's Taryn, and then there's Paul, and then there's Taryn, and there's Ray, and there's me mm -hmm. and there's Aaron, and it's like. It's it, it's a lot of really, really good stuff. Yeah, I think that's probably the most compelling part is just all these relationships and, and the complicated dynamics between all these pairs of characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very cool. Yeah, it's been fun. Kind of, I want to ask you um, from episode three, the scene where Taryn and Ray are, they talk for the first time since when uh, Jimmy goes to the new prison mm -hmm. and you're in the kind of in the background. Were you actually there the whole time that they were filming? Yeah. And what was that like to watch their chemistry kind of come to life? It was beautiful. It was a, it was a beautiful scene to witness, you know, like I've, there was some there was some parts where like I could hear clearly what they were saying, and then there's some where it was a little low. But just the that was my that was I think my first day on set, and I met Ray, wow. and uh, it, it was just to get to see. I mean, I'm of the age where Henry Hill is just one of like the most iconic performances ever, and so yeah, yeah, walk onto set my first day and shake hands with Ray Liotta, yeah. and he gave me a compliment about the table read. He was like, "You were great on the table read." And I was like, "You didn't have to do that, you know." Like yeah. <laughs> it was just amazing, and then to see he's just him and Taryn both, and everyone they're just so devoted to their characters and to their roles. You know, they they care so much, um, and to, to really see that that level of of devotion is is it's it's inspiring what well, comes across i think in the show that everyone was so passionate and loved it so much and i think that's 
coming through so strongly in the show. And I think that's probably why it's doing so well, because everyone put everything into it. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's why it's doing so well, <laughs> from my opinion. Yeah, no, I think you're right. <laughs> so the show obviously deals with a lot of heavy subject matter and corrupt COs and um, just like prison life and talking about serial killers and, and stuff. So was, was that something that was kind of hard to, to stay in mentally and, and kind of, was there some stuff that you would do to, to get away from that decompress? Um, what was it like? Mentally? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was, it could be challenging at times, but you know, we all really, some uh, actors all work different ways and some actors will, you know, stay in a character for six months if that's what they're shooting. Um, we didn't really have that here. What, you know, it, everyone was able to really enjoy themselves with each other when we weren't rolling. It wasn't like, uh, you know, Taryn and I weren't like giving each other eyeballs. <laughs> you know, we were like right. talking about my family and talking about his life and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it is really heavy, dark material. And it's a lot of, you know, the, a lot of it examines, you know, just toxicity, uh, masculine mm-hmm. toxicity and power toxicity, you know, like what I mean, power corrupts. And that's the whole thing I was thinking with Carter is that like here, he's got this little kingdom that he's in charge of. And is he benevolent? No, he's, you know, he, he abuses it. Um, and that's, we see that so often in life is, you know, so many bad things are done if, by people either seeking power or exercising the power they have. Um, so yeah, it was, it was heavy stuff, but you know, we also, I, you know, I, I live in Los Angeles. I've got a wife, I've got two kids. I was in New Orleans for most of the summer and I, I wasn't gonna, you know, just sit there and be depressed every day. After yeah. The show. yeah. <laughs> All right. I have to make sure I'm gonna come back home to my wife and kids and be a, you know, not a shell of a human being. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, do you think you were in New Orleans for such a long time, and it was during a crazy time in New Orleans with like. I mean, first of all, COVID, COVID. was affecting everything. And then there was also a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was that all? Yeah. Like? So COVID, we were testing nonstop. Uh, you'd test the day before you went to set. You'd test the morning. You got to set, you know, obviously masks and stuff. And then in, in, in between um, takes and setups and stuff, which then makes it more time because then uh, makeup has to come in and mm. then you're sweating under the mask, you know, and stuff like that. And then... Yeah, so the scene, um, the scene between Taryn and I, <clears throat> excuse me, in the jail cell, that was in episode three, the big kind of mm-hmm. turn scene. Yeah, that was the last. Yeah, that was the last scene I filmed of the the whole series, and we were wow. leading up to it. We were so the whole summer. We're just we're leading up to that scene. We're leading up to that scene. We're leading up to that scene. And I'm thinking about it, and that's. That's, you know, the scene since the, right. the, the very first piece of material Dennis ever sent me before I even got a script. I got that scene. And the night before we're supposed to shoot, we get notified we're evacuating to Austin uh, oh boy. for that thing. So then it gets pushed a month. Um, so, yeah, there was 
I give our, I give, you know, Dennis and his, the team they put together and our whole cast and crew, um, a lot of credit, you know, it's not, I mean, you got New Orleans, you got summer, so it's hot. I mean, the air mm-hmm. is heavy. The air like sits on your shoulders. You got uh, COVID and then you've got a hurricane and, you know, they got this thing done. They got it. I give them a lot of credit. It was not easy. No. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm so glad it came together. <laughs> and that's crazy that they evacuated you to Austin. Yeah. You know, they, it was, they wanted us to, in case it wasn't as bad as, uh, projections were they wanted us all in one place and all kind of close by so they could get us back Good. and then i think we spent the weekend in austin and then woke up monday and they're like all right everyone's going home because it's going to yeah. be a few weeks yeah yeah that's crazy yeah and it, you know and just and being in new orleans with obviously katrina um mm-hmm. and seeing another one come and seeing the long time you know talking to people at the hotel and residents and you can just like it's almost when you talk to people that have lived there a long time it's almost like there's a pre-katrina and then a post-katrina yeah then they have the prospects of this other one coming in and is it going to be as bad is it going to be you know like it was it was it was heavy yeah i i live uh not far outside of austin and So I remember when, because we were projected to get some of it too. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, oh gosh, it's going to be, it could be bad. Because we had one, I can't remember the name of Harvey, Hurricane Harvey. Yeah. yeah. Not too far from San Antonio. And so it was one of those like wait and see type of moments. Yeah. 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 So what are, what are some like really fun, happy moments that happen on set that... Uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> do you have any like any fun behind the scenes stories um like, good moments yeah there i mean there was a lot of stuff like uh dennis would have a lot of people over on sunday nights and we would have dinners at his house that he was oh. staying at and that was those were always great and really entertaining there's this um kushon i'm probably not gonna say it right kushon butcher uh, it's a restaurant and then like a butcher shop kind of restaurant next to it and Karen and I uh had many many meals there um it was just this great place that we could go and 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 hang out um you know my my father and my wife and kids came to visit a couple weekends and we got to you know do tours of the city and like so there was you know that there was a lot of great stuff actually it's it's always interesting especially when you reach a certain age or you know you have what you have a family to be on location is great in one sense because it's kind of brings everyone together it can be this you know sense of camaraderie um but it's also really hard because you're obviously not with your family um so we um we tried to really make the most of it there's lots to do in new orleans that's for sure yeah it's a great food city And, and for the role i actually um I put on a bunch of weight for the role. So I was in the right city for that. Yeah. You need all the beignets that you could. Yes. Yeah. So what, what was that process like of, of putting on weight and, and sort of, I mean, you look totally different in the show than you do in anything else that we've seen you in. That was a big difference. Well, you know, Dennis, he told me when I, when I got to part, he said that, yeah, I want you to, you're going to need to put on weight for this. And I wasn't, I, I wasn't quite sure at first why, but I, now I totally get it um, because there's 
because Jimmy, and, and I mean, you see the shape that Taryn is in for this this role. I mean, he's he's he looks like a, a sculpture. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, it, Jimmy's that that was that Jimmy King. He he really took care of himself and physical fitness and his appearance and you know meticulous about even while he's in prison he's he's finding out ways to have good food and sources of protein yeah and so for jimmy to get confronted by this guy who is just the opposite of that he's schlubby he's over like i said he probably drinks a 12 pack a night he doesn't you know yeah. he eats fast food every day he this is a guy that on the outside Jimmy would, if this guy tried to, you know, if slapped him or, or tried to toss him around, Jimmy would, you know, knock him, not, you know, knock his ass out. Yeah. He'd yeah. Do that there. So that contrast really plays in yeah. to the, the, that whole dynamic and the frustration and, and how powerless he is in that situation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I mean, putting it on uh, <laughs> was fun. It, 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 it was it could be very, I mean, New Orleans is so hot in the summer and right. 20, being around 25 pounds heavier than I usually am with a big thing. My wife just found, showed me a picture she had taken from a year ago yesterday. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I, <laughs> I just, I, I look visibly bigger there. It's a, my daughter's trying to put her arms around me and she can't <laughs> have a huge beard. And it's like, well, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure with the beard and then a mask under, yeah. under light, some, ugh, and then the New Orleans heat. Yeah. Yeah. But Not it was, fun. it was fun. I've never really, this is my first t- time really having uh, a role where I had this level of, uh, of physical transformation for it. Um, and so I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really, you know, and and I know the saying is putting it on is more fun than taking off, but it's actually been fun. It's, it, it, it took me a while because we we wrapped, I think, or October or something, and then the holidays hit, and I was like, oh, I'll start taking it off next week, and then you yeah. know. So. <laughs> So this year, I was like, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta get this back off." Um, <laughs> so that's it's been fun to dive into that. Yeah. Well, so we saw a bunch of pictures and uh, videos from the premiere, and mm-hmm. I, you looked great. Yeah. You looked oh, thank you. A plus. Um, I, I, it was actually funny because I was when I was looking for just like signs of you in the background of stuff, I would see Greg Kinnear mm-hmm. and think it was you. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you guys had like similar, like you curly hair and you're both wearing blue suits yeah. and light blue shirts. I'm like, is that, Oh no, it's just Greg yeah. Kinnear. It's not Joe. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> just Greg Kinnear. You yeah. definitely could play brothers. So future role. Yeah. I hope right. so. I, I, you know, I, when I, I met Greg at the premiere and cause our crap, our paths never crossed when we were shooting. Right. So I, um, so it was great. That's to so interesting that you you don't you don't realize that a big ensemble show like that you wouldn't necessarily be in a scene with somebody. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I've been a big admirer of his work for a long time. Yeah, he's been, you know, he's been doing it great forever. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's a superstar. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool to meet him. So how was the premiere night? So you you met Greg Kinnear. That's great. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, did you did you meet Jimmy Keen? Um, I did. I met and... him on the uh, the red carpet. Or the yeah, we had a black carpet, but uh, yeah, yeah, I met him. Um, just uh, said exchanged a few words with him because um, I he I think he had he came to set, but it was after I think I had already wrapped, so I'd never mm-hmm. met him. Um, 
premieres are always fun. I mean, it, you know, it's, it, it's, you, you work really hard on something and then, you know, you get to, you get to celebrate it. And yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes people think of, of this business or this Hollywood and they think of the things like premieres and the glamorous aspect aspects, but, you know, there's also like working, you know, 17 hour days and the New Orleans heat and the humidity and wearing a mask and you're 20 pounds overweight and away from your family, away from your family. Yeah. So it's not all glamorous. And then, but the stuff like the premiere, when you really get to celebrate it and the pomp and the circumstance, you know, that, that, yeah. that was cool. That was, it, it was looked like everybody was having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, Every, everyone looked great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone had a blast. Um, so good. yeah, it was really cool. Do you have a favorite um, part that you're in or scene, like maybe something that's coming or is it one of in episode uh, three? Um, well, I mean, the scene in the cell with me and Taryn, um, that that was one that I always was thinking about, like I said, because, all, because we filmed it last. And so it was always kind of leading up to that. But yeah, we've got, uh, uh, it's funny, because there's some shots in three and then you'll see, I, th I think upcoming. So there's some shots of me in the guard tower. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's a video. I think I actually put it on Instagram at the time of me climbing. It's like one of those ladders attached to a wall <sighs> and oh. climbing up. And I am, I, I mean, I had to do this, you know, five or six times and it doesn't, in the video, it doesn't look that high, but it's this rusty old ladder. I'm not sure if it's gonna, you know, it's corroded. I'm not sure it's gonna hold me. And then, and I'm so I'm climbing up this thing, not athletically at all, like, <laughs> so slow. And then you get up there, and there's just a hole in the center, you know. And so um, that was that was like, entertainment. Um, my grandfather scary. was a prison guard when I was younger, oh, oh, oh. before he retired, and that was something he always would talk about was climbing up because he was in the tower. Okay. And so he would always talk about climbing up the tower and how difficult it was yeah, to yeah. climb up there. Yeah. It's, kinda, it, it's, it's awkward, you know, um, it's not <laughs> something you do climbing ladders attached to walls into guard right. towers every day. Well, I guess right. you granted did, but <laughs> yeah. it's not something I had done every day. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to share that video on, on our Instagram. And um, <laughs> speaking of Instagram, by the way, we're, uh, we're playing this, like clue game in our Instagram stories right now to have see if anyone could guess who our special guest is for this episode. Oh, okay. And they're totally like nothing clues. <laughs> like we went like full mask singer style. Yeah. Like it really like there's no way people are gonna guess it. Oh, um that's fun. <laughs> just to throw one out to you, we do uh we have a martini glass as one of them because yeah, you that one's are gonna the come out later bartender today. on Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah. So and I'm a huge so is Sarah. We're both huge Gilmore Girls fans, so we thought that was we appropriate are. to put in there um, to throw people off. You know what? I think that was Gilmore Girls was my second ever job oh wow oh wow really um, yeah i remember being so nervous because i got into the set that day and yeah it's my second job i had done i think an episode of house before and i and gilmore girls and they have this super long dolly shot set up meaning the camera's on a track and they're moving it and it's like a big party scene so they're mm -hmm. moving it all through this party and it goes for a minute 
And then at the exact right time, I have to come up and I say my line, which I think I still remember. Uh, two Rory's extra cherries for the lady. Never been here before. I'll give you a tour. Two Rory's extra cherries for the lady. Oh my God! You have your own drink. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. I have to. I have to. You know, give them the martinis and say that line. And if I, you know, if I screw it up, then they have to go back to the very beginning and oh, do man. that whole thing. So I think oh, pressure's on. Getting very profusely that day. Well, you did it great. No, oh, thank you. Well, the show. Yeah, it's one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in the show. It's a great episode. Yeah, it it's, a, it's a really good episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I, I've done some bartending in my life, so maybe that helps. <laughs> yeah, no, me and Kristen are big Gilmore Girls fans, and we were like, oh, he was in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> as soon as I saw the episode title, I was like, I know exactly who he is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also yeah. a Grey's Anatomy fan, so I knew who you were from that as well. Okay. Yeah. Good old Grey's. Yeah. 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 So our one of our other clues, actually, <laughs> the one that was posted last night was <laughs> the song All By Myself by Celine Dion, because in the uh, in those like web episodes about the interns. Oh, my God. <laughs> I about that. Yeah. Oh, man. There's, so there's you, what you're saying is there's somewhere out there. There's video of me singing terribly. <laughs> yes. When I yes. was young. I never needed anyone Making love was just for fun it, Exactly what do you see in that guy? Clearly, I like bad boys. And Pierce, he's dangerous. Oh, yeah, I remember those. Your karaoke moment. Yeah. yeah, those were cool. That was that was a cool job because you know a lot. There was a whole group of us interns, and you know we were we hung around for. I think I was on parts of three seasons, and mm-hmm. you know that sometimes it was you know you go in and it was basically like um, here's your folder, <laughs> and but then sometimes they gave us a little more. I had a little love triangle situation that developed with a couple of the other interns and. Um, and that was really fun. I've always said I would lay down in traffic for Sandra. Oh. Um, she was, <laughs> she's she was amazing. So kind to us. You know, when we, my first episode of Grey's, I think was the season finale of season two, I believe. I mean, the show was at the height of its, uh, it, you know, I mean, the show's still on. It's still does. Yeah, I know. Yeah, still going. <laughs> but it was so, I mean, at that point, it was just it was a, a machine. It was a mm-hmm. huge, huge thing. And yeah. Sandra was so kind to everyone. She was just the nicest woman. Um, and she would, you know, th- this business sometimes can get hierarchical and like, you know, the regulars don't talk to the, the recurrings and stuff, you know, just mm-hmm. silly stuff like that. Uh, but she had none of that. She was just a very, very kind person and oh. obviously amazingly talented and yeah. has had a great successful career. Yeah, she's brilliant. Totally. Yeah. So just going off of our uh, other ridiculous Instagram clues, um, the <laughs> the first one, um, we put the theme song to Batman just because of your role 
in Ford Ferrari where wow. Christian Bale yeah. is yeah. in it. So like, yeah, like I said, totally ridiculous clues that no one would ever guess. <laughs> um, but I, yeah. So what was it like filming on Ford Ferrari with those? I mean, uh, did you interact a lot with like Matt Damon and. Yeah. So I, um, I had a lot of, I had a lot of stuff where um, I, I'm basically, you know, it was Matt's scene or John's John Bernthal's scene um but me and um uh ian the other guy who played the other ford executive we would we just had a lot of stuff that with matt we had that scene in the play in the plane when um yeah yeah you know (laughs) you're big that's your that's the best line that you have in the show yeah uh that was yeah so it was a lot of fun and matt's a really great guy he's a really easy guy to talk to um speaking of transformations it was really it was really interesting when i met christian on that movie he obviously in that movie he's he's rail thin you know because Mm -hmm. the guy he's playing you know he's and around that time um previews for uh his Dick Cheney movie started to come out where he oh. put on all the weight. So I'm sitting here talking to him and he's, you know, a beanpole and then there's previews of him and he's, and you know, he had put on all this weight for it. So that guy has done some real transformation yeah. roles. He's got some real dedication. Right. I, yeah, no, I, I watched Thor, the new Thor movie and he's phenomenal in it. Yeah. And obviously he doesn't even look like himself in there yeah yeah i haven't seen that yet my kids come home from camp today so maybe we'll go see it that's good. very it's, exciting it, that's why fun. i said i have to leave because they've been gone a week so we're gonna go pick them up and I'm very- yeah, yeah that's, you need that's way kids. more important <laughs> yeah for sure i i feel like like i said Kristen and i yes. have become your biggest yes. fans and i've like basically watched your entire filmography now so i want to <laughs> talk about everything um, um thank you <laughs> Yeah, I guess is there is there anything else coming for you in the future? Like any anything that we can maybe uh, look out for you right now? Uh, I don't really have much going on. I'm kind of in that you know actor mode of like, all right, let's let's get back on the horse here and yeah. see. What, uh, there's a couple. <laughs> Give me some scripts. Yeah, there's a couple things, um, but not there's a couple things that are potentials, but there's nothing that's you know solid solidified as of right now. Sure. Is there is there anything that you really want to do? Any like any dream roles? Do you do you like do you like this sort of like limited series thing or would you rather do like another big movie like Ford Ferrari or something? Or would you rather do like a regular series? Like what yeah. what do you want to do? I mean, you know, it's interesting because there's positive aspects of all that, like working on a, a movie, the scope and the budget and with the stars and Mangold, the director of like Ford Ferrari was amazing. That was so cool. Um, yeah. But, you know, and then also working on like this limited series that knowing you, okay, you're starting here, you're going to stop here. And, you know, I mean, you know, that, that was great too. And obviously just the materials so great and getting to work with Taryn was amazing. Um, I, you know, I would, I, my wife and I like horror movies. I want to do a horror movie. I would love that to work would be with, amazing. um, um, God, why I, Jordan, um, Jordan Peele. Yes, yes. I, I can't believe it. Like, I would love. I think he's amazing. I think in the span of two films, he is 
catapulted himself up that list of when you're like, oh, who directed and wrote that? Oh, Jordan Peele. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll see that. Yeah. You know, right. That's yeah. kind of a short list. Like, and that's mm-hmm. not, not a lot of people just, you, you hear their name, they're associated with it. I'm definitely going to go see that. Right. And he's got it. So he's got his third movie coming out. I'd love to do one. I'd love to do one of his movies. Um, on the TV side, I'd love to work. Um, I mentioned Escape at Dannemora earlier, but my wife and I also just watched Severance. Um, oh, a lot Severance of that, is really good. Yeah. And a lot of that was also directed by Ben Stiller. So I think he, I think he's doing some great directing work. And so yeah. I'd love to work with him. Um, you know, it's just, there's, there, there's, the you want stability like obviously my kids are in school we're like we're based in los angeles so there's a mix of you know you want some stability which would be great so to be on a long-running show would you know always be awesome but you also want you know you want to be you want to love the material too um yeah i mean it's gonna be hard just to compare to this material i mean because picking up these scripts getting to work with you know it's so great working with Taryn um he's such a such an amazing actor and he's an amazing <laughs> guy and it's also I what I realized early on and it's a lot of fun is I can kind of do whatever the hell I want because everyone's going to be looking at Taryn <laughs> right <laughs> I'm going to see I'm just going to like yeah I'll try this and try that because all eyeballs are going to be on him because he's amazing you know He's, yeah. It's crazy that he was from watching him in Elton or the Rocket Man, and then in, in this, it's two totally different characters. Yeah, and but like it blows all. both of them away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a he's a movie star. He mm-hmm. is he is a real star, and he's a lovely human being too. Um, he really is. We I, I really enjoyed my time with him. Good. Yeah, we we could listen to you talk about Taryn for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> But we love everybody on the show too. We do. I mean, Joe, you are so good in this show too. Yeah. I oh, thank every, you. it's yeah. We we've had our eye on your character the I entire time. I have to tell you a trailer. funny little tidbit. So I watched was watching it with my sister and she said if Jim Halpert and Roy from the office had a love child, it would be uh CO Carter. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is great. So she's like, make sure you tell him. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I like that. Yeah, yeah that so. is very good. She's like, he's lovable and charming, but still kind of shady like Roy. So it's hard to really like get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming up. I'm not going to ruin it. And I can't, I don't want to divulge too much, but. uh, Right. Yeah. Can you give us any like hints? Like what, what's going on with um, the CEO Carter? Like, because at the end of the episode, he was, he's, there's an emergency and he's not there. Like what's going on? We don't know. I mean, obviously you, you don't want to give it away, but. Yeah. Uh, I just say and not even necessarily just in relation to CO Carter, but buckle up for episode four. It's, oh, uh, oh boy. Yeah. It's a, it's a big one. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought three was intense. <laughs> yeah, I know. We were ready through episode three. I don't know if we're going to be able to get through episode four. This is why yeah. it's good that it's one at a time. Cause I don't yeah. know. I think you're right. Maybe you get it. Yeah. You it's too much. To decompress after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really process everything. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. Is there, is there anything else that you want to say to the, the watchers of Blackbird, the listeners of our show? I mean, honestly, I always, like I said earlier, I just want to say thank you because like I said, there's so much content out there and there's so many yeah. places that people can go to get their content. And there's a lot of different options 
And, you know, I know people get sick of having to pay for this service or this service or this service. So if you're watching, I, I appreciate it. I really do. And, and, you know, this is why we do it. We, we, you know, we don't do it to, to sit and, you know, on a computer somewhere and never be seen. We do it. So we tell the stories and hopefully people respond to the stories. So, yeah. you know, it always, it feels, it feels really great to, to do something like this that you care about and that you, you think is a really worthwhile story to be told and to really be invested in how it's told. And then to see this type of response to it is, it feels really great. Good. Oh, we're, we yeah, are loving it. We it's awesome. It. Um, where can people find you on like social media and stuff? Um, the main uh, uh, Instagram, Williamson <laughs> underscore Joe. Yes. Um, yeah, mean- that's, the, that's, that's where to find me if people want to find me. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll share it. We'll share that on our our pages. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And like Sarah up. said, you definitely got two uh, of your biggest fans right here. So yes, uh, Joe Williamson fan follow club. you for the rest of your career. <laughs> thank you. I really <laughs> appreciate that. And thanks for doing this. Like I said, any any attention helps. You know, it's it's fun. It's it's been yeah, really fun so far. Has. And and d- just having you agree to do this show really kind of solidified mm-hmm. its. I don't Realness? know, val- validated yeah. it as something that we're you're like, oh, this is actually like a thing that we could do and and make it mean something and yeah. have fun with it. Yeah. So we appreciate you yes. a lot. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Of course. Of course. Thank you. Hope you guys loved that discussion. It was so much fun for us to do that. I I could talk to him all day. He was so easy to talk to. In fact, we talked to him even after we finished recording. Um, and we talked about it, this scene in particular, and we wish we recorded it. But we'll share you share with you guys the conversation that we had. Yeah. Um, the slap that C.O. Carter. I know. I'm, I'm kicking myself that we didn't yeah. actually bring and it up I, in I the hate that I brought it up after we stopped recording, right. but it just popped into my head because we were talking about gasping and being surprised by things on TV. And I said I was, I gasped out loud when he slapped Jimmy in that scene. And he said that he actually hit him. Yeah. Like Taryn asked him to hit him. He's like, ah, I don't know. And Taryn's like, no, do it. Go for it. Go for it. Hit me. And And, I I love uh, it. He's he's like, well, I don't want to mess up your face. You know, it's Taryn Edgerton. (laughs) That's Taryn Edgerton's face. I can't. I'm going to have the whole UK mad at me. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. But Taryn's like, go for it. Yeah. So it's a real slap. A real slap. He really hit him. Yeah. He really grabbed his cheeks hard like that. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't believe that he came on and talked to us about all kinds of fun stuff. It was really cool. Yeah. Hopefully you guys really enjoyed Joe being on here. Joe, if you're listening, we love you. We're the... Uh, Thank you so much. The co-presidents of your fan club yes. now. So <laughs> look out for our new website. Yes. That, no. Um, we're going to have a podcast <laughs> all about him now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start the Joe Williamson podcast. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, but he's super awesome. And if you haven't watched anything else that he's been in, I know we mentioned quite a few things during our conversation with him, but go back and watch it. If you've seen Grey's Anatomy, you've you've seen him in All Rise. He's um, oh yeah, he's so good in that. Too. He mentioned a few things that he's been in, um, so definitely check him out. He's he's awesome and find his episode of Mad Men. Oh, well, he he didn't talk about that on the show either. That was afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was on an episode of Mad Men. Yes, um, with Elizabeth Moss and got to work with yeah. her. 
super cool. Yes. Um, and we did talk to him about uh, all the clues that we've been posting, right. um, teasing his episode. So uh, we kind of explain where some of them came from. And he thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> right. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you, Joe. You're Thank the best. You. Um, so getting back to this episode, this scene, the big. Yes. Which I was, it was interesting to find out that that was the last scene that CEO yeah. Carter shot. It's still kind of early. So I'm, I'm wondering what, uh, what else we're going to see from him yeah. later on. And I thought that was interesting. And the way they played it was still very fresh. Like they didn't, they didn't yes. have a chemistry. And even though they, obviously now we know that he's worked with him for a while prior to shooting that scene. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting. It was establishing their character's relationship. Yeah. But they already had a chemistry. So it was, but it, you couldn't tell that they had that chemistry already. Yeah. It was still very new. And it was great. It was. A- any, any time, you know, the, this scene and then one we'll talk about later with, with Carter, my jaw was on the floor. Yeah. It, it was crazy because this is completely out of, yeah. left field it's not anything that's in the book uh-uh. there's no corrupt co stuff happening in the book it's it's brand new and so it really got me yeah it, <laughs> it was i liked it that they put stuff in there that wasn't in the book because it did yeah. give that element of surprise still yeah some added even though they're drama. changing things up that kind of is in the book it's loosely in the show but still to have something completely different that has that element of surprise yeah um, I like that. It's so cool. It's it's probably my favorite bit yeah. in the show is this storyline just because it's it's so fresh and I don't know what's uh-huh. going to happen. So it's really cool. Yeah, I enjoy it. Plus our, our friend yes. Joe Williamson is, is CEO Carter. So that, yes. that helps for sure, I think. <laughs> anyway, we're going to stop fangirling yeah. over Joe so much. Maybe. Uh, probably not. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the, they go through this whole scene. I don't know how much we need to talk about this scene yeah. since we just talked about it at length with Joe. Yeah. But oh, I, I I did want to mention that uh, <laughs> that CEO Carter in this scene says Jimmy's name fourteen yes. times. I counted because I, I I had to go back and count because I'm like he keeps saying Jimmy Jimmy. It doesn't even sound like a name anymore. Like and he even says Jimmy Jimmy uh-huh. Jimmy, which is like scenes before disaster. He says it right before the big slap. <laughs> yeah, fourteen times in just this scene alone, not the whole episode, just that one scene, fourteen times. Yeah, that's a Crazy. lot in one scene. It's so much, but it would it it was amazing. It it really established this kind of shady character. But enough about Joe. Yes, to move on from this scene. Although it was a, I think that scene, the fight scene earlier, and the scene with Ray and Taryn are the three like pillars yeah. of the episode. Right. Yeah. To kind of set up stories. Although this there's a scene a little bit that also is a really intense scene that. For sure. Sets up the episode too, but. Yeah. So so now Jimmy and his dad meet up again. Jimmy finds out that his dad has spent all of his money, all of his stashed cash that he had in this house, upwards of $80,000. Yeah. It's all gone. Um, and there's. Got there's bills. <laughs> we got to eat. Like, you got to eat $80,000 worth of food? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> in like a matter of weeks? Yeah. Because he's not, hasn't been in prison that long. Right. That's a lot. And then and there's also drugs. Uh-huh. There was two kilos in the bag with 80,000 or 70,000 and that's gone. Yeah, that's gone. Danny, his friend Danny, who is suddenly 
absolutely not trustworthy at oh. all, which is so funny because at the beginning, it's this whole, like, I trust I trust Danny. That's that's my guy. We've yeah. we known each other forever. And I was like, you can't trust Danny as far as you could throw him. He's the worst. Danny took the drugs. I mean, yeah. And Jimmy names like a bunch of places. He's like, look here, look here. I have a kilo here. And uh, and Big Jim's like, nope. Nope. It's gone. <laughs> it's all gone. Um, and but Jimmy tells us down one last hiding place that like nobody has touched. The cops don't know about it. Um, at the Kankakee house, there's a, just a kilo hidden in a, a speaker. Yeah. So he sends his dad on this mission to go find this kilo, and he's gonna try and sell it <laughs> in prison. He's gonna sell a kilo of cocaine yeah. in prison. I was like, this seems like a bad idea because again, yeah. I have never been in prison. I don't sell drugs. I don't know the <laughs> whole you don't? process and about that. In fact, I called it a pack of drugs when I was talking <laughs> about this scene um, before. But how do you take a pack of drugs from somebody visiting you? Right. A whole kilo. Like, like a, a kilo, kilo like is a small not, little bag. Yeah, it's not it's like, like a gram. It's big packs. It's a, a big chunk of cocaine. Like a kilo is a lot. Like how do you get that through security to get to you? Yeah. Pass it along. And then how do you conceal it? Right. And then sell it. And sell it. He wasn't <laughs> going to sell it in pieces. Right. So, yeah, when he talks to Carter later, mm -hmm. he kind of uh, tells him all about how he, he plans to sell it, which we'll get to yes. in a second. <laughs> I, have, I have some things to say about it. But before we get there, Miller and McCauley are um, talking to a sheriff who dealt with the um, Rena Rice, uh -huh. Rice in case. And... Larry was a, sus a suspect and they talked about all this evidence planted by Larry and he also had an alibi because he was at a reenactment out of town. So right. he was not a suspect anymore. Yeah. And, the, you know, Miller and Lauren were questioning, like, why did you just let him go? What? And he's like, I spent all these all this With time in yeah. Yeah, government money looking after this guy for it to not come to anything because right. he planted this evidence. Yeah. Well, is this this moment where they realize no it's later when they realized the bottle is fake oh no this guy tells them that it's fake yeah no yeah. this guy tells them yeah all, all this evidence is not real the the bottle is fake yeah so it's another instance where right. macaulay has to answer a man about birth control right. and then we go back to larry and jimmy hanging out in like this little library room yes and they are they're chatting. They're getting to know each other. They, they're they having like a friendly conversation. Uh -huh. Larry's kind of opening up about these things that he's passionate about. Yeah, like reenactments. Yeah, the reenactments and collecting area earlier heads. they were, they noticed that he noticed the photo of him as a reenact. Yeah. So he's asking him about it and uh, talking to Larry about his passions. And this is when Larry claims that he's part Miami Indian, yes. which as we found out in talking to Hillel Levin, that is most likely not true at all. <laughs> And they they talk a lot. They talk about how they miss being, you know, on the outside mm -hmm. and all the smells of, you know, fall and winter. And and Jimmy kind of gets vulnerable and he starts talking about where he thinks his life was supposed to go. Yeah. You know, he was the star football player and, and that's that was supposed to lead to him getting getting the girl. Yeah. And it, it kind of shows this misogynistic side to Jimmy again, where it, the girl, you know, right. women it's like a prize right that it's a reward for him to earn right but yeah they have this great moment where he says i guess i peaked in high school yeah. and larry is like i peaked in the womb and they kind yeah. of have a laugh together yeah. <laughs> but in comes our friend again 
C.O. Carter, he comes in and his face is broken. Yeah. He's got a broken cheekbone. Um, and he's he says, you know, Larry asks him about it. And he says that he he, he was playing hockey. It got too rough. Um, and so there's this other guard there and he comes and uh, calls Larry out of the room. Yep. And Larry asks Jimmy to put a bookmark in his book yes. for him. And Jimmy's like, of course, you know, sure. So Larry and the guard walk out. And we're just uh, here with Mr. Carter and Jimmy. And Carter slams the book shut. Losing his page. Yeah. How just... mean. <laughs> this asshole. So Carter wants an update about the money situation yeah. and what's going on. And so Jimmy tells Carter about his plan to get this kilo in. And Carter's like, this is not going to work. You know, there's all these drugs that right. they kind of run the drug game in here already. So this is very interesting. Sure. And I think it, it might be something that happens a lot more than we're aware of, where I'm guards sure. are, are a lot more aware of the secret goings on uh, yeah. between prisoners and like the drug trade and stuff and having to be involved in it. Um, so he clearly knows, like, these are the guys who sell cocaine in here. You're going to have to mess with them if you're going to try and sell cocaine. But Jimmy's like, no, I have one kilo. Right. I'm going to sell it so to those guys word, so that yeah. they can sell it. Yep. So I I did a deep dive <laughs> on how much cocaine was worth in 1996. And I don't know how accurate exactly these numbers are, but I, I found a couple of resources and I found out, I didn't even look at today's prices. I should have done that too. But in back in 1996, <laughs> a kilo of cocaine wholesale um, in the U.S. went from any, anywhere between forty and $45,000. So it's probably like double that now, right? With inflation. I don't know how cocaine prices work exactly. <laughs> Do they follow the inflation rules? Let's see. Right. <laughs> I don't know how the trade works exactly. I'm not an expert. If you are an expert and you're listening to this, anonymously tell us. <laughs> Probably don't give your name out. No. Um, but it, theoretically, Jimmy could sell this kilo for like five times the amount that he needs to pay Carter because he only needs 10 grand. I'm looking up to see how much it costs right now. Okay. <laughs> um, so it depends where you purchase it because hmm. it's food <laughs> shipping. If So if you buy it in Colombia where it's lo more local, it's only 1800s for a kilo. But it could be up to thirty four thousand in New York City. Well, yeah, if you if you're reselling it in the United States, it's probably a lot more expensive. Yeah, that's interesting that it's not as much as it was in nineteen ninety six. In uh, San Diego, it's fourteen thousand. Mm, that makes sense because they're right by the border. And forty five thousand in Anchorage. Hey, <laughs> so crazy. And and who also who knows what the drug trade is like in prison too? It right. could be a it lot be, more. Right. But yeah, I think at minimum, Jimmy could probably get $45,000 for this. Oh, easy. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't account for what pr prison prices right. are probably. <laughs> anyway, that's the plan. And Jimmy tells Carter that. And Carter is like, nothing else better go wrong. No right. more surprises. Like, do this. Make it happen. Give me my money. Yep. That's it. He's very menacing. And he's, he's talking down to Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy's sitting at the table. Carter's like standing and leaning leaning over yeah yeah getting in his face and there's a lot of really good like close-up shots of yeah. both of their faces um in this scene it's really the cinematography in the show oh, is it's amazing. amazing yeah just watching the show just to look at it is yeah. something and i like so many shows now especially shows that have a darker theme are shot so dark that if you have any light in your house trying to watch it you can't see anything on the screen Mm -hmm. This show is shot in a way that it still gives you the impression that it's dark, heavy, but it 
it's not lit to the point where like or not not lit where you can't see what's happening it's still visually pleasing to your eye for sure yeah it's it's so well done it's very yeah it's it's great to watch it it is um so after this larry is talking to his his doctor um and he's talking about jimmy and how he's sort of making friends with jimmy he's talking and and this scene kind of is mirroring at the beginning of the episode when Jimmy was talking to his doctor. Yes. He was talking to the chief psychiatrist. Now Larry is talking to his own doctor, um, who's played by Melanie Nichols King. And she is she seems really proud of him that he is. That's what I was going to say. She looked proud. And Larry seemed proud, too, that he was making a friend. Yeah. And it, it kind of shows this relationship between doctors and inmates and how they're very patient first and they they kind of disregard the reason that they're in this prison and they're talking to them just you know like it's just a normal guy it's just this guy who needs to make friends and be social be social yeah after that this is the point where miller and macaulay are drinking together and they're drinking a lot (laughs) there's like bottles and bottles yeah empty bottles on their table yeah a bunch of shot glasses they are drinking this is where she's questioning more like yeah she kind of lets miller in like she's she's second guessing what they're doing she doesn't know but serial confessor that's all he is it's not worth Mm -hmm. all of this work that we're putting into it yeah she's getting convinced by all these people that they've talked to who have already talked to larry hall and they're all convinced so she's kind of starting to wonder but miller he's hella convinced he's he's like no he did it i i know larry hall did it he's like i know this guy he did it and i feel like he gives off like girl dad vibes with this (laughs) like you know he he has daughters yeah or one daughter and uh at least he wants this person who murders young women that could be his daughter he wants this guy to go away he wants him to be in jail for life. And he gives Macaulay this whole speech about um, why Larry is definitely the guy. And he's another really good line delivery from Greg Kinnear. He says that this guy spent his formative years digging graves, right. which is a very like it's a good point. It is. <laughs> like this guy knows how to bury a body. Right. He literally dug graves when he was a kid. I like how Greg Kinnear, when they get the their last shot, he like sips the alcohol whatever i'm assuming like tequila or something and he puts the drink down and then she takes it and finishes it because he's not a full <laughs> shot it was a good scene sort of establishing their uh that that miller is he's stuck in it yeah. he's like he says larry's good at this yeah like larry knows what he's doing yeah. so miller is kind of clued in like larry's kind of smart he's smarter and than he's, he he's clued on. into this he knows what he's doing yeah and so after that another very interesting scene happens um, between Larry and Jimmy. So they're walking to the boiler room and they're they're in this really small, like narrow hallway, uh, which makes Taryn look huge. Yeah. Like Taryn's not, I mean, he's huge, yeah. like muscly, but he's not a very tall person. Yeah. But in this hallway, he looks like he's going to touch the ceiling yeah. with his head. I don't know if it was the way, if it was shot from a certain angle to make it look like they were in like a basement type hallway or to make him look more... I mean, he looks intimidating because he's so Yeah, shape. he's got huge shoulders. Yeah. His arms are... And he, like, the way he walks. Is this very... whole show is like the Taron Edgerton arm show, yeah. by the way. Especially this episode. There's a lot of shots where it's just showing off Taron's arms. he, like, crosses his arms. Yeah. Just, like, massive biceps. Yeah. He's got that, like, <laughs> swagger. Like, still cocky. Yeah. The way he walks. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, yeah. Um, we, we got off track. <laughs> Which happens when talking about Taryn Edgerton on this show. (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, so they they walk to this boiler room, and Larry has a key to yeah. this room, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, they let they let prisoners have keys yeah. to places, which it probably only unlocks that one right. deadbolt. But still, and they let him go like unescorted because uh, Jimmy even asked, "Is it okay that we're down here?" He's like, "Yeah, you're with me." Yeah, and then Jimmy pumps Larry's ego yeah. up a little. He's like, "Yeah, you're a big man yeah. around here. You're important." But it is, yeah, I, I think it was weird to give him a key to a place. But again, I've never been in prison, so maybe that's common. Not experts on prison life. <laughs> but so Larry and Jimmy start chatting and it, it starts with Larry talking about this big mess that he has to clean up. And, and he describes it in great detail. It's yeah. a really gross mess, like a dead animal yeah. that got like, like laminated. Yeah, like the floor got waxed over it and so he had to like break it all up and um this leads to a talk about bodily fluids because he says he pees in the bucket to help. And so then that starts Right. That's the the secret ingredient is yeah. urine to clean this floor, yeah. which is okay. <laughs> I guess I believe you cuz you are a cleaning expert. Right. But yeah, so that leads to Larry saying that sometimes women are wet uh-huh. and at this point um jimmy also like chimes in and he's like gary when he mentions his brother yeah. told him this like oh i remember you talking about him yeah so again just building that uh-huh. relationship like letting him know like he listens yeah. to him when he talks like I'm, a, I'm an actual friend i'm listening to you i pay attention yeah just another way of him to endear himself to larry and yeah show him that he's listening god this scene i was uncomfortable was, of course yeah. it's a very uncomfortable com- conversation and you can see that it was uncomfortable for Jimmy, too. Yeah. And he was trying to, you know, be friendly and listen to Larry talk about this. And also try to relate somehow. Right. Because, Which would be the hardest part in this situation. Yeah, because he was trying to, like, okay, how do I get him to keep talking about this? But I, I can't just keep asking questions. I have to relate. And he basically is saying any women that he's been with have not enjoyed themselves. Right. It's against their will, basically. Yeah. Basically rape. Yeah. And, but yeah, gosh, both Paul and Taryn in this scene are, cr- like, incredible to watch. It's so uncomfortable. Like, I was cringing the uh-huh. whole time, but at the same time, their acting it was, was... so good. Like, I could imagine after that shooting that scene, I don't know how many times they shot, had to shoot it, but I would hope it God, wasn't I can't a imagine. ton because it's so heavy. I hope that they were able to, like, break out and, like cleanse their mind for a few moments yeah I, I don't know that i could the words themselves are are intense but then in this this scene with the setup and then paul's voice talking about it yeah it just adds to that so much that i don't know i don't know how they did that oh it's a lot but yeah like you said jimmy is trying to relate to him and and listen to him and somehow make this a connection between mm-hmm. them which is hard but he tells larry about this time that he um he was having sex with a girl mm-hmm. and she was not enjoying it and that he he told her not to say anything yeah or else that was right. a big or else i also noticed that he said he put his hand over her mouth to i think yep. he chose that specifically because he knew that i think larry also does does that puts this so that they don't scream and so i think he was trying to trigger something so that he would keep talking about what he did 
Yeah, I think so too. And and there's the title of the episode yes. too, by the way, "Hand to Mouth." Yep. Which the, happens a couple times because yep. I think that could also refer to Mr. Carter yes. slapping Jimmy <laughs> yes. in the face, <laughs> hand to mouth. And then also when Jimmy was punching that guy in yeah. the TV room. There's a lot. There's, there's a lot, lot of hands going to a lot of mouths. I always like when you can find the episode title, like why they named it that. That's one of my like weird nerdy TV things. Right. And it it happens a couple times in this for sure. I think this moment is probably the key. Like this is where yeah. they drew the title from. But it, I mean, it, it happens throughout the show. And uh, when Jimmy says or else, uh-huh. you know, Larry's like, or else what? And Jimmy's like, you know, I don't actually know. And Larry says, I do. Yeah. Which is like scary. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like Jimmy just kind of said like, you know, or else it's like an empty threat. You like know, it wasn't like anything serious or yeah. it was going to come out of it. But but Larry has an idea yeah. in his mind. And so after this, Big Jim comes back. Mm-hmm. He has no drugs. He did not find the kilo nope. that Jimmy told him about. And it's it, it, it ruins the plan yep. that Jimmy dude. has with Mr. Carter. And... Once Jimmy finds this out, he starts laughing. Uh-huh. Almost this like crazed, yeah. like he doesn't know how to react. So he just starts laughing. Like and uh luck. And, oh man, it's quite a moment. And Jim's like, Why are you laughing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Am I? It, it oh, it was it was rough. Yeah. Like it was kind of a funny moment but at the same time like it's painful he's uh-huh. in pain right now and he's laughing to cope right. at this point because he thinks he's gonna die yeah this was his last chance and now carter's gonna blow his cover yep. and this is it and he sort of storms out he doesn't talk to his dad anymore big jim's like yelling after him like i'm still gonna be here for you i'm mm. on the other side of these walls don't I'm worry the hotel. yeah jimmy's pissed and he walks out and he's like where's ceo carter yeah and this other ceo um holt yeah he's there he's like carter had an emergency yeah we don't (laughs) so where's carter oh no (laughs) where's carter this is a problem is he going and getting beat up right now again or what's going on joe wouldn't tell us (laughs) so we'll we'll have to see maybe we'll find out episode four where is ceo carter but i mean that gives jimmy a little bit of time right yeah (laughs) to maybe try and figure out what he's gonna do about this guy and it's $10,000. But now we come back to Miller for a second Mm -hmm. and he is alone in this room that they were in earlier with their big cork board and everything. Comes in, he has this massive coffee cup. Like the biggest coffee cup I've ever seen come out of the 90s. It's a huge coffee cup that he's drinking. He also has a giant water bottle. Yes. Miller is staying hydrated, staying caffeinated. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. He probably needed the coffee after the drinking that they did the night before. Right. Yeah. This is his hangover yeah. cure. This giant coffee. <laughs> it's good. I was like, oh, relatable. I wish my coffee was that big every day. But he starts to have this flashback uh-huh. of talking to Larry. And we hear Larry talking about how he loves to drive. He yep. loves cars. Because it's triggered by, he, he looks at on the board how Larry talks about how he likes Mopar parts yes. for, for cars. So that triggers this flashback where Larry's talking about how he loves driving. And so I think that that clues Miller in to being like, oh, so he might have had this alibi where he was like 100 some odd miles away when this happened. But he likes he also likes driving. He could have he could have easily driven that. So that that helps Miller, I think, even establish 
concrete, even more more concrete. Yeah, which he was already pretty set yeah. on Larry, but I think he it's is starting not to fit it. more into the puzzle now. Yes. So after that, Lauren McCauley visits Jimmy in prison. Yes. She's all dolled up. She's wearing big hoop earrings. Yes. She's Red wearing lipstick. heavy makeup. Yeah, really looking and selling this uh, part that yes. she's playing as Jimmy's girlfriend. And she puts this doubt in Jimmy's mind yeah. now. She's questioning whether or not Larry's their guy. And she tells Jimmy, maybe this is all for nothing. What a terrible idea. Yeah. You put this guy in this prison and then now you're going to say, oh, I After don't know After he's about already this. had doubts. Right. He's already hugely struggling right now. Right. And he opens up to Lauren and he tells her that, oh, there's this guard that's blackmailing right. me for 10 grand right now. And she's like, the FBI can't just give you 10 grand to give to this guard in your prison. That's not going to happen. And so now Lauren's really, she's worried. Stress. You can see the distress on her face. Yeah. Both of them are like borderline tearing up. They're like, they're, they're both scared like about what's happening. Rocking back and forth, like frantic. Yeah. Because they don't know. And they're trying to keep their voices low because there's other people in the room. Yeah. She's respecting the visiting hours, yes. unlike Big Jim. <laughs> and yeah, and she's like, I can't get you out right now. You know, he's like, because that's what yeah. at first she said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take you out. you out. And he's he says today. Yeah. And she's like, well, no, it'll take a while. It could take months. Yeah. Yeah. But there's the, you know, he, there's no way that he can keep himself safe. Right. Between now and then, because the guard is the one who's threatening him. Right. The guard can get to him at any place. Yeah, in she prison. says, we'll put you in uh, solitary. He's like, but it's the guard. Like, he could still get it's to the me. the guard. Even if he's in protective custody, right. this guard will get to him. So they can't take Jimmy out. Plus, if Jimmy leaves at this point, Larry's going to walk. Yeah. And Jimmy doesn't want that. Because he, he, he asks her, like, what happens if I leave? Like, what happens to Larry? Yeah. And she basically says he he gets off. Yeah, Jim, Jimmy knows too much about Larry at this point to let that happen. Yeah. So he's determined to stay in. And and in this scene, you know, Lauren is so much, is so worried about him. Yeah. Like a huge contrast to yes. what she was saying before with Miller earlier about, how, you know, he's just a guy in prison. Like, it doesn't matter if something happens to him. She's worried. Yeah. And I think rightly so. I mean, she should be worried even if the guard was not threatening right. his life for $10,000. I also like that Jimmy also was like, He's convinced. He's like, no, Larry's our, the guy. Like, he's our guy. Yeah. Jimmy and Miller need to team up and convince this woman that yeah. <laughs> Larry's the guy. Yeah. And, yeah, the the episode ends with this sort of montage of prison life. And we see, like, just flashes of different things. And then we end up – there's, like, flashes of this big fight yeah. that I think is leading up to the next episode. Yeah. There's Yeah, it's like a riot. Like, a bunch of people yes. are fighting. And Jimmy is being escorted through the prison yard by a guard, not C.O. Carter, a different one. We don't know where C.O. Carter is right now, but it's kind of this badass, like, walking moment. Yeah. It's kind of a cool thing. You know, the music is cool, and, and he's walking, and uh, he walks, like, right up to the screen, and that's yeah, when it goes, like goes black when the episode ends. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a cool moment, and uh, I think really establishing what we're going to see in the next episode. Yeah, I think next episode's going to be, if it's even possible, to be more intense than episode three. Right. This episode is crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. And the fact that they put so much into it, like so many different storylines, not storylines, but parts of the story, it yeah. didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel jumbled. It didn't feel chaotic. 
it was very well done, even though there was so much coming at you. So make sure that you watch our friend Joe Williamson yes. and other things that he's in. Um, catch him as an intern in Grey's Anatomy and definitely check out those web episodes because yes. he is the star of those yes. which are so funny he's really he's really good in that he's in uh all rise it's um he's only in a few episodes of that but he's pretty good in that so far right he has a little uh, sort of romantic arc in that which is really fun and i guess maybe should we explain some of our clues oh yeah we probably let me should. go through some of our clues here and see if we're they real make- proud of the clues guys I was giggling like an idiot, like making up these silly clues. It's so much fun. It was so fun going through the IMDb pages, trying to find connections to other past members to see what we could use to throw people off. Um, So going through all the pictures that were posted on Saturday. So there's a... (laughs) So silly. There's a black bird as one of the clues. Very obvious. The reason why we used a Blackbird is because Joe Williamson is actually starring in the show called Blackbird. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes. <laughs> so it was a tough clue to pull. Yeah, that one, I don't know if many people are going to connect. We'll see. But <laughs> so the Lily clue. Yes. That one makes no sense to anyone. Probably. No. So when you Google symbol for Joe, because that's <laughs> what I did, the symbol for St. Joseph comes up and it is a Lily. Right. Is one of so we have symbols. lily flowers so. as a clue. Hence the lily. And there's a pair of dice. Yes. He was in uh, an episode of Las Vegas. Yep. <laughs> um, but then it, somebody else was in a show or a movie that was Vegas related. Was it Paul Walter Hauser? Oh, yeah. we were So we were also trying to throw people off yes. with these clues. Yes. So the dice could relate to Paul Walter Hauser. Um, the black bird could, <laughs> could, could be, be anybody. anybody. <laughs> um there's also <laughs> this is oh you guys i'm still so giddy about these stupid little things yeah so the ham clue laugh so much it's ridiculous it's because so joe williamson has um a scene in this movie called lucy in the sky yes. um starring natalie portman and john ham yes so <laughs> All these clues are just in relation to him, like yes. being in other things with other people. Yes. It's very, no one was going to guess this, yes. I think. Um, but it was, it was fun for us who knew what it was going. And the oh, best... oh, our first two clues. Oh, my, sorry. The, the, did you say the uh, martini glass? Oh, not yet. That's, I was just swiping through oh, them. Yeah. But first, our, our first two oh, clues yes. were songs. So I want to explain those <laughs> first, which are so dumb. Um, So the first clue was the Batman theme. Yes. So Joe Williamson was in a movie called Ford v. Ferrari. And the star of that movie um, was Christian Bale and Matt Damon. So Christian Bale obviously played Batman in The Dark Knight. You could also tie it to Matt Damon because Ben Affleck was also Batman. Yes. Ben Affleck is best friends with Matt Damon. Look at all these Batman clues. (laughs) I just thought of that one. That are somewhat Joe Williamson adjacent that we put in here. But yeah, Martini Glass is my favorite that was a big one for us yeah so as gilmore girl fans yeah so if you've seen gilmore girls the episode where rory turns 21 her grandparents throw her a huge 21st birthday party and they make a drink called the rory which is like this pink sickeningly sweet type drink yes, martini served in a martini glass yes, and joe plays the bartender who hands over i well, i love that he gave us the line yes. he's like i remember it it was one of his first ever acting yes. roles and it was like 20 years ago too yeah 
Oh, it was so good. I loved it. And Taryn played up that so much by posting a yes. photo of him with a martini glass the next Yeah, he like what is it? Like Thursday this week. He posted a picture of him drinking margaritas out of a glass that yes. looks like our martini glass that we put in there. So, so that he just played that up. Yes. Sorry that it's not actually Taryn Edgerton who is our guest this time. We we didn't have enough time no. to get him on this one. We didn't want to put too much into one episode, so. Right. We can't have literally C.O. Carter and Jimmy Keene in the same episode. Right. That would make no sense. He's got to have his own episode, so maybe next week. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, if we have time next week, we'll, we'll probably throw him in. Let's see. More of these clues. Oh, the Celine Dion yes. song, All By Myself. Ugh, so good. So funny. Um, we explained that when we were talking to Joe. Yeah. And um, the cross stands for Joe was the lead in this movie called In Lawfully Yours, where he played a pastor. So that's what the cross is symbolizing. It's literally symbolizing Jesus. Yes. <laughs> and then was there a police hat? Yes, there was a police hat, which refers to Joe's. He's He's been a cop in a couple of different, like, sort of mm -hmm. little roles that he's done, little um, guest star episodes. And obviously he's playing a guard in this. So yes. that was that clue. Oh, we should have put a basketball. He was the voice in NBA 2K, 2K17. Should have put a basketball in. <laughs> we can still do it. It's still, let me. We'll put a basketball in. So the basketball is because... <laughs> I just wanted to look at his IMDb. Right. We're, so we're recording this on Saturday. So Saturday is when all these picture clues are going to come out. And so uh, we can throw a basketball in there. Why not? Really throw people off. <laughs> and then we have the, the, the little Among Us guy with devil horns. So I, I love that one because, first of all, C.O. Carter has been sus. We've been sus mm -hmm. suspicious of C.O. Carter for a while. So that's kind of a an Among Us thing. And the devil horns, because Joe had a couple episodes on the show Lucifer. Yes. Um, he was really good in that show. He was, I just recently rewatched his episodes, but that I love that show. So that is that reference. And then, of course, we have the rocket, which, as yes. you all know, that might have been a little bit of a crappy clue for people thinking that it was Taryn Edgerton. But Joe Williamson, <laughs> this is, again, another <laughs> reference to Lucy in the Sky, just yeah. like the ham. Lucy in the Sky is a movie about an astronaut um, played by Natalie Portman. And so that's what The Rock is And for. in kind of a roundabout way, Lucy in the Sky and Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds. Right. Elton. Elton John did a cover of that song. Yes. <laughs> We're throwing you off on purpose. Um, but all of these goofy mass Singer vibe clues uh, led us to our amazing yes. superstar guest, Joe Williamson. We've been so excited for this one. I don't know if I could say enough how yeah. thankful we are. We've been holding this secret for a long time now. So long since since the idea came to he us. He was our first <laughs> first yes, I think. He was. And he told us to hold off until this specific episode. But yeah, we've been holding this secret and literally nobody knows. Nobody knew. We just have to hold in the secret for like another two days. You guys all know the secret by now. Yeah. You're listening to this. You know, the ever amazing Joe Williamson uh, was so generous with his time and let us talk to him about Blackbird and about all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. And don't worry, we have more fun things coming. Yes, more special He wasn't guest our only stuff. special guest. We've been working hard on some others. So you'll definitely want to keep listening yes. to us. Okay, so I think that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode half as much as we enjoyed making it. Yes. It was amazing. I will link Joe Williamson's social media in our show notes. Go follow him. I will share his videos on Instagram yes. that he talked about in the show. And yeah, 
join our new Joe Williamson fan club that we're starting. Tell him you heard him on our podcast. Let him know we sent you. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us on our social medias, by the way. We're at Devil Details Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. And follow Joe Williamson at Williamson underscore Joe on Instagram. He's pretty active. And we will talk to you next time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so curious about what's going on with CEO Carter. My, My only theory that I have at this point, I don't know. He said an emergency. I, I actually don't know. Yeah. And Joe gave us nothing. He gave us nothing. That little stinker. He yeah. knows everything. Yeah. He gave I don't, us I don't nothing. know. <laughs> no, he gave us so much. Put him in the, the guard tower. That, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. So we're still on CO Carter watch for sure. Yes. We're still on Taryn Edgerton's hair watch. Yes. That's not going to stop unless no. we miraculously get some insight on An that. Answer. We should have asked Joe if he we knows anything have. about Taryn's he hair. He probably would have known. Yeah. But he wouldn't tell us. Yeah. It's a spoiler. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Hollywood secrets. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I know we say it all the time. It's our catchphrase for the show, but I'm excited for episode four. Excited. Excited. We're so excited. I, I love TV and I get really excited over TV. And I mentioned this to Joe when we were talking to him that I love to binge TV. Like yeah. I'm a huge binge watcher and I'm not a big fan of watching week to week mm-hmm. because I get so into it. But this, I, I like that it's spaced out. Right. First, it's ex- it gives you that excitement each week to build up to it, knowing it's only six episodes. So, you know, it's not going to last the whole season or a full 22 episodes. But it gives you that time to talk about it, think about it, rewatch it, or record a podcast about it. Do a podcast about it. Take <laughs> notes. Um, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a show that, that you need to you need to breathe between what did joe say (laughs) you need to like have a shower and (laughs) take a walk outside which is true i watched it on thursday night and afterwards i have to watch something kind of fluffy afterwards because otherwise i'm crazy like that and my brain thinks about i have nightmares about it i can't watch csi or law and order at night i'm a big baby so i have to (laughs) Put something fluffy like Friends or The Office or something. Yeah. Kind of distract my brain. I'm pretty sure Joe Williamson has a part in an episode of CSI New York. I think if you've, if you're an American actor, you're (laughs) on Law and Order or CSI. Yep. (laughs) Or Monk. I think Monk is the one that everyone has a guest role on. I feel like if everybody, when you look through their IMDb, has a Law and Order or CSI or something like one of those types of shows long running shows Uh are you even an actor if you're not in one of these shows (laughs) (laughs) yes it's an easy show to get on to apparently yeah we we need to pump up joe williamson a lot i think here yes i want to like list a bunch of stuff that he's in i didn't even talk to him about lucy in the sky oh yeah (laughs) that's a big clue that's a bunch of our clues from that movie (laughs) i almost said it but then i was like oh wait we got i got distracted talking about something else